Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? This podcast is sponsored by FAT, F-A-T-T, a range of keto on-the-go snacks, including cookies, brownies, chocolate bites, bars, fat jacks and muffins. Fat snacks are delicious, natural and always free from sweeteners, fillers and seed oils. Find fat snacks at www.livefat.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-A-T-T dot com. Use the code FABULOUSLY10, that's one zero, to give an extra 10% off one-time purchases, not valid on subscribe and save. Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today I have a very, very, very special guest who's standing right next to me. Do you realise this is the first time we've recorded in the same room? Well, Jackie, it's fabulous to be here in, I feel like this is the hub. This is the Fabulously Keto Central <laughs> and I've finally made it to the, um, yeah, to the, to the nerve centre. <laughs> yeah, well, less said about that, probably the better. <laughs> <laughs> the pulsing, the heart, it's the heart of Fabulously Keto. Yeah. So you're here with me this weekend. Oh, it's an absolute um, privilege and honour to be here. Um, it's obviously four years in the making and uh, we'll talk more about our journey. And this is actually uh, a work trip for me um, and it was just taking in the opportunity before I fly back on Monday, uh, my time, and to back to Australia to spend the weekend with Jackie. Yay! I'm very excited. I have been very excited. So two weeks ago was our podcast anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Fabulously Keto podcast. We asked our Fabulously Keto group what they would like us to talk about. And they said... Well, they wanted us to sort of look back in order to look forward. So it, things that were important to the Fabulously Keto members was obviously how we met you know, in terms of, you know, creating... I suppose the genesis of the podcast to then to sort of think about you know what our favorite podcast interviews are and also to sort of set the vision for obviously the next um you know the next three years because it's our you know it's the third anniversary so so what's our future so we're going to take our listeners on a journey today I sort of was making a joke about Lord of the Rings and (laughs) other 
you know, epic odysseys and um, in terms of where we want to take you for this very special anniversary episode. So, should we go right back to the beginning? Right back to the beginning because I was living and working in the UK. I was teaching at a local Essex university. So, uh, Jackie lives in Essex. And I was on a podcast with Daisy Brackenhall, our good friend Daisy Brackenhall from the Keto Woman uh, podcast. And Jackie happened to hear me on the podcast. Yeah, so you were at the PHC conference in 2018. Yes, with with, with Daisy. Daisy. Yeah, and you said, oh, yeah, now that I'm living in Chelmsford or something. But I was listening to it way after that. So I think it was... December 2018 Mm. and I looked for you you weren't easy to find on Facebook and you had this picture of a car mirror so I didn't even know if it was you Um, but I sent you a message and said oh I live up the road from you would you like to meet up and you said I'm in because being December I was home in back in Australia for Christmas and I said yeah no worries I will be back in in the new year so in the January of 2019. So we arranged to meet in Chelmsford and if you're in our Facebook group you can see there's a photo so last week I was there on Thursday outside the cafe where we used to meet and you went there on Friday so we sort of crossed over so there's a picture of where we used to meet in the coffee shop in Chelmsford. So it was uh, Queenie's Cafe. So it's not on the high street, but it's in off the high street in Chelmsford. So it was a really great way for us to talk and chat. And uh, I would have coffee. You would have hot water because you were drinking hot water at the time. <laughs> and I, you know, I was just so inspired by your vision your vision to pay it forward. You were really wanting to already you were talking about how more on the how, you knew what the what was to pay it forward around the transformation of using um, the therapeutic restriction of carbohydrates to turn your life around, but to be able to pay that forward, to turn it around for others. You'd already started your YouTube channel. You had made some, uh, some YouTubes and I thought that's awesome. You know, you're creating content. So I could see that you were using various mediums to get the message out and and I sort of said, well, maybe you should do a podcast. Yeah, and no, I'd already just I'd already wanted to do a podcast at that time. But I was thinking, who am I who am I to do a podcast? And, you know, Daisy was a great inspiration and I thought, oh maybe I'd be treading on her feet because she was doing it already. And I wanted to interview people. So I knew I wanted to interview people. And and I just felt like I shouldn't do it. But you sort of convinced me that I should. And you convinced me to reach out to Daisy as well. Mm. But I think, you know, I understand about people's territory, presence, ownership, and also that it was around the voice, that the voice needed to be different. And we all bring different journeys in our stories and creating the message being told in a different voice and a different journey so I think you were wanting to talk to potentially uh, it doesn't matter you know people need to hear the same message in a different way yeah and I didn't see that I just felt like I was you know it was already being done and I would just be 
another person, which I am just another person doing it. But I get what you're saying is that the way I ask questions would be different to Daisy. The way people respond would be different, even if they're the same people. So we've interviewed some of the same people. But I also think what you bring is a different journey to what Daisy's journey was. Yeah. So the lens to which you, as you said, ask the questions are different. And then the question that you're asking may elicit a different response. So I think even though it sounds same, same, but it is different. Yeah, very much. So from that conversation, we where are we up to in our timeline? <laughs> So from then, we, we met a few times in Chelmsford, didn't we? But not many because you were off all Tripping. over the place. She was working full-time. Were you working full-time? I was for, working full-time and I call my Chelmsford time a developmentally delayed gap year. So I was doing the Aussie thing and every opportunity I was having a city break to, you know, to Rome and to Athens and went up to Norway um, I was Belgium. Tri- yeah, I went tripping all around the Ireland? countryside. Did you go to Ireland? I went to Ireland like three times because you have to try the Guinness in Ireland. So it is different. I still yet to do that. Well, so I was taking full opportunity of, I was only 30 minutes from Stansted. So I was able to sort of fly in and out um, on these city breaks to, to take in the sights of, you know, of Europe because obviously coming from Australia, it's such a long way. But um, yeah. So just getting to see, I went to all of the UK, so Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and obviously in and around Essex particularly. Yeah. And yeah, so really. So we didn't get to meet much that summer, but we, we met a few times. Mm, yeah. And then, and I just felt like I didn't want to impose on you because you were busy and you were doing stuff and so I didn't get in contact much but then towards uh, you were leaving in October and I said have you got a lift to the airport and you said no and I said can I take you (laughs) you said yes so that was that before we get to that don't forget we went to the PHC conference oh yes. yes we did because that was a really great time that was in the May of 2019 so before um obviously knowing that I was going to be leaving the UK we made sure that we got to the PHC conference and we were lining up your interview people because you had solidified and yes I'm going to do the podcast and you were lining people up at the conference and if you remember so I think the PHC conference was Saturday and Sunday the Friday night at two o'clock in the morning I got a telephone call from Alex saying I think I broke my nose that's right I ended up sitting in a and E all night with him, and at six o'clock in the morning, I co- called Julian and said, "Can you come and sit with him? Because we still hadn't been seen. I, I need to go to the conference." And I think I probably dozed through most of most of the talks. I just could not keep my eyes open. I'd been up all night. And remember that we had Tim Noakes at the conference, and oh no, that no, was, that sorry, was the year before. Was the year before so. We had Peter Bruckner yeah, and been. Robert Lustig. Right, that's it. Yes. So we approached certainly Peter Bruckner being Australian, so we lined him up and we sort of obviously put uh, Zoe Hardcomb. Did we speak to her? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we were quite brazen. I'm starting a podcast and, um, yeah, and remember who we were. You weren't doing the podcast at the time. It was just me. and I was. But I was soliciting. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you're your agent. Yes. Oh, you got me Jen Unwin. (laughs) Mm. And... 
I went up to Asim Mahotra and he, he just sort of looked down his nose at me as like, who are you? <laughs> Remember the email that he sent? It was just basically about, because um, we wanted him for the first episode and he was very much around, you know, well, what is your audience? What is your market research? How many listeners? I've never heard of you, you he said. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't get him then. So no, I waited. Then we waited for a year. year and a half, mm. two years, yeah. No, it's longer than that. Oh, anyway. Because it was last year. He we had an on. anniversary. Mm. No, episode. the year before. We had, it, we had him for an anniversary yeah. episode. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we were getting, I was getting people lined up and I started recording in September. I did some of the recordings. So the early recordings that you listen to where it's just me, they were recorded before I asked you to come on the podcast. Mm. But because I left in October 2019, so Jackie knew that I was planning to return back to Australia because I was moving to Bangkok, uh, Thailand, to rejoin um, my partner Andrew on his diplomatic posting. So Jackie knew that I was obviously coming to the end of my UK time. But at that stage, you hadn't thought, had you thought about inviting me on there before I left? No. No. Tell us about your epiphany. You had this light bulb epiphany moment that you thought, I think I might ask Louise. Do you think we should tell him about the day you left? Because that was quite an epic journey, wasn't it? Oh, that was part of the journey. Yes. So uh, as Jackie sort of mentioned before, I was leaving to go to Heathrow and Jackie offered to take me from Chelmsford to Heathrow. And that in itself was a journey, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you remember what happened during the day? Um, we, we went for a walk. We went for a walk because my housemate, who um, I was every day, she was a very important part. So I must say, you know, my my housemate was absolutely wonderful, and still remains a, a wonderful friend. And I wanted to go to Starbucks to bring her her peppermint latte, um, and she uh, we were walking back. And there was an accident at the roundabout just down from the house I was living at. And we waited for the ambulance. It was a cyclist that had been hit by a car. So then we... I've got a, I've got a butt in here because for me it was really funny because you rushed across to the girl on the bike. And, and then all of a sudden people were coming up. I'm a nursing student. Can I help? I'm a nursing student. Can I help? And then someone came along and said, I'm an off-duty fireman. Can I help? And I was just standing there watching you all crowding around this girl who'd been knocked off a bike. All I'm these... a paramedic lecturer. <laughs> I've, I've got this. Anyway, so we, I think the, you know, someone called 999 and the ambulance turned up. And um, yeah, so... And you were still sitting there, and I said, Louise, we've well, got, got to go. Plane. We've got to you've go. Got a, you've, you've got, got a, a plane, plane to catch. <laughs> so we were running a little tightly, a little bit late, obviously, because, you know, my, you know, my ethical duty to respond um, as a good Samaritan. Um, we finally get on the road, and we're on the M25, and then we hear this kathunk, 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 and Jackie's going, ooh, what's that? Yeah, we got off, off the M11 onto the M25, and... I had a puncture. In her car. So we weren't going to wait for the AA. Or we, were, we were thinking, or because you don't actually have a spare spare tyre in your car. No, you exactly. Know, because you have the run flats. And 
um, to me, this was the universe telling me not to leave the UK. <laughs> this was all the signs. Louise, you are not to get on that plane. You're meant to stay in the UK. I was very reluctantly, obviously, leaving. So then we had to wait for um, Jackie's husband to, to come with the other car to um, to do that. So he had to, you know, navigate his way onto the where we were and all that sort of stuff and then he, and he's yeah. really not comfortable about going places that he doesn't know and he nearly got on the m11 going up north instead of in south. the wrong way yeah but um he um had then had to wait for the aa yeah he waited for hours hmm. but thank you to julian for for rescuing us yeah so we finally get to heathrow i dropped you because you were late and and then i I went and parked and ran in to say goodbye to you because we mm. didn't really say goodbye, did we? No, all too busy. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it was a bit stressful. And I felt really felt for Louise because she must have been really stressing out about catching this plane. No, not not wanting to catch the plane. <laughs> no, not wanting to catch one. <laughs> yeah, so reluctantly, um, yeah, it was it was hard to, hard to leave, but obviously, you know, ready for the next adventure in, in Bangkok, Thailand, and that was starting in December anyway, so, yeah, for the for the diplomatic posting. So knowing that the next three years was um, about supporting Andrew in his um, in his career. Yeah. As we're standing here, we're 14 days after starting the podcast, which was three years ago, and we're 11 days before you left four years ago, which Louise has a count on was, is 1,450 days ago. <laughs> She's still counting. <laughs> I'm still counting. I, I just had this counter to, to help me. Um, obviously, you know, counting. I was counting down to, you know, significant significant anniversaries. So I just sort of had a mental mental counting down. And as, you know, you know, with some, some um, I suppose it was a thousand days for, for, for Thailand. So I knew that I actually had, had a had a mental sort of start and a finish so, you know I could stop and start um so you know chapters so I actually have the counter going for my actual birthday so <laughs> after about 14,000 days so excellent so then in, you went back to Australia you packed up your house hmm. moved everything and then you shipped over to hmm. Bangkok in the December but when did we have that conversation when was the invitation so what happened was I was out running down the road here and I crossed over into the field and I was listening to the Low Carb MD podcast and they were celebrating their 100th um, episode. And I just thought maybe because you'd been helping me in the background, you'd been doing all sorts of stuff in the background, even though you weren't going to be involved. And I thought, I wonder if Louise wants to join me. I thought, no, she'll be too busy. She's got work and she's doing this and she's in Bangkok and this and that. And you were going to supposed to be travelling. And um, and we were all locked down at the time, I think. I I didn't think it was that late. Yeah, it was April 2020. Oh, was it April? Right, right. And so I, I thought, well, I'm going to ask you. I nearly didn't. And I was thinking, because you'll say no. And I said, do you want to come on the podcast with me? And you absolutely floored me by saying yes 
Isn't it interesting, Jackie, how we put those mental, like mental, I suppose, you know, barriers? And it's interesting to to hear hear the story now that you were going, you're projecting no, 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 you know, this and that, and you're making those assumptions. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like I I sent you into a bit of a tailspin. It's like, oh, oh, she, you know, far out. She said yes. Oh, what am I going to do now? Yeah, but you said I can't do it now because you were working. You were marking mm. um, and you said, I've got to wait till after July when I'm finished marking. And then we started getting stuff ready in August. Mm. And we should have just launched it in August, but we didn't. We faffed around because we had to write scripts and things. You like it all nicely laid out. I'm just fly by the seat of your pants type person. <laughs> and even now today, we've got it all mapped, mapped out. out. <laughs> so this is Louise. <laughs> Mapping it all out, me, I'd just be chatting, I don't care. No, but to be fair, we asked the Fabulous Keto podcast and so we're answering their questions. Yeah. So we are responding to our listeners. Yeah. So we started preparing in August 2020. We actually got round to launching on the 1st of October 2020. And we did every episode together until you knew you were flying back to Australia. So you were supposed to be in Bangkok for three years. Yeah, I, I, I was almost like I tapped out early. <laughs> I think um, I got a promotion. So, you know, well, to be fair, you know, COVID, you know, did us all in. But I also got a promotion. And part of that promotion was not to be able to teach online anymore. I had to be face-to-face. So it gave me a out to get out of Thailand because obviously there was an expectation reality mismatch because, you know, I was expecting to go see the pandas in China and the snow monkeys in Japan and Angkor Wat, Siem Reap and all that sort of um, exploring Southeast Asia. But obviously we got to see a lot and this is how I've reframed it, that we became intimately familiar with Thailand, in which we did. We went to the mountains, we went to the islands and everything in between. So it was... It is what it is, right? So the promotion was a really great opportunity in terms of my university career. And we knew that we were going back to Melbourne anyway. So Melbourne, Australia, Victoria, Australia. So I was just getting there early. So I was the advanced party. So being able to set up the house and yeah. So that was obviously in the January of 22. Yes. Now what a lot of listeners don't know is when Louise said... She wasn't going to do the podcast with me anymore. I nearly stopped doing it. I'd said, I'm not going to do it. If you're not doing it, I'm not going to do it. But I kept getting messages from people about how they love the podcast. Mm. I remember Dr. Unwin saying, oh, you're doing such a great job. Um, And all things like that. And I just, at one point, I think I'd cancelled I'd cancelled people that were booked in to record and I'd cancelled them. Mm. And over the Christmas of... 21 22 I said no I'm going to carry on which I think you should be really proud of because it is I know it's a cost it comes at a time cost it's a financial cost but you you are getting and giving so much to the community and that doesn't really um yeah it comes at a cost but the cost for me to continue doing it was obviously another time cost as well on top of a full-time, you know, senior senior role. Um, my guilt for saying 
no, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, I'm just obviously the people pleaser, the, as the you obliger. know. The obliger. Oh, no, people will know I'm just the eternal obliger. But it is something that you've grown into. You know, this is, this is, it was never about me. It was all about you. But also, I think through 2022, you did do some mm. of the recordings with me and some I did myself. Mm. So that was good training was wheels. Transition. It was a transition. Yeah, that was good. So we did quite a lot of recordings in the summer of 22. Yeah, and the time zone difference is a real pain because obviously if you had someone in America, then someone was getting up early or late, staying up late. So it was obviously logistically, operationally, it was getting more difficult. Yeah, Thailand was easier. Mm-hmm. We still had to make some sacrifices when, we, mm-hmm. when you were in Thailand, but it was harder. It, it, less, it was less difficult with the time zone differences and stuff. So that was, that was easier to, to manage. Yeah. And I was working part-time. In Thailand, yes. Mm, I was working part-time. Yeah. And then you went into a full-time, full-on now, job with a lot of responsibility. So you had a leadership role. Yeah. So that then to the end, the end of 22, you told me you were stopping completely. Or it was maybe the beginning of 23 because you were hoping to get a role. Oh, the next chapter, Mm. the next chapter. So, yeah, it was really a fantastic opportunity was coming up in an application. That was December, yeah, December 22, when there was a a new opportunity that was presenting to myself and I was really contemplating moving also my career into the next level. So moving in terms of being in university, teaching into um, a strategy. So professional, like in the profession, so paramedic profession, strategy um, position within the health department. So this opportunity was coming up and it was really about taking the opportunity to um, put my put my hat in the ring, you know, to kick that can down the street. And um, just even the opportunity to apply for it was a real um, feeling validated, I suppose, recognised that that's where I am in my career. Yeah, so Louise stopped and she did get the role as Chief Paramedic Officer for, yeah, for, the for Victoria. Victoria. So, um, and so that was in the March of 23. So we're, as we're here now in October, so that's now seven months. And I'm still finding balancing because it's a part-time role with the health department and still part-time-ish with the university that I've got no time to do. I've got two full-time jobs to, let's be real, you know, um, and just is a continuous juggling act so I said to even to Jackie today I need to get back to my email inbox it's just been madness so um mm. yeah so one of the things that um somebody in the Facebook group asked is what are our favorite episodes Jackie this is really hard because this is actually asking us to pick our favorite child yeah we cannot do that we we love them all and somebody asked me that on when I was on somebody's podcast recently and I just I can't pick, I can't pick one, I can't pick two because I just, yeah, I love them all. Anyway, so Jackie set the task of picking three. (laughs) But I think what we've looked at is just some of the things that people resonated with us in different ways, I think. So do you want to do one of yours first? I like how she throws that to me. Anyway. (laughs) 
the in, in going through the list, so Jackie and I, just before obviously coming on to reflect on our collective journey, and journey for me is a, a really great metaphor because we had individual journeys, uh, individuals, different journeys. So people that have turned their life around, as well as for me being a health professional, to think about those individual interviews that we've had with various health professionals so um, as well as my own journey so we'll I've separated my three um, top three into individual journey health professional journey and my journey so I'll start with um, the individual's journey and for me it was really great to hear around Tony Royal's um, journey in terms of how he had this particular um, experience and it was a obviously his heart experience and he really came to as an engineer or uh, he was a, f- a f- pilot um, so but he engineered his solution to finding out how he can actually recover and understand the inputs and the outputs and for me that being a big picture thinker you know engineering the solution and understanding more about what was happening and how he could reverse, you know, future future damage. So I think Tony's episode was really quite quite a great journey yeah. of a patient's lived experience. Yeah, I love that. And I, I, I'd heard him at the PHC conference in 2021, I think it was. And, and I just thought I have to get him on the podcast because his journey is incredible. So if you haven't listened to that episode, that's 101. I know it straight off because... He actually, one of the things he did was talk to um, Asim, Dr. Asim Mahotra to help him through. And he features in Asim's book, The Statin-Free Life. So one of the stories in there is about Tony. Um, but for me, it was because he was a pilot, he completely lost his career. It just stopped that instant when he had a heart attack. Mm. But I think what the, I mean, I know, listeners will be familiar with when I'm talking about that lived experience and it's the lived experience and that description of the lived experience and that's the the transformation of here they were you know they have this event you know epiphany or an insight and how they've transitioned through that new understanding to create their way forward I think that was a that was a really great story so thank you to Tony for sharing that with us yeah what about you Jackie so Again, it's really hard, but for me, I think the one I'd have to pick top is um, Geraint's episode um, this year after he had his heart attack. And I think for me is because we're so close personally. Now, up until a year and a bit ago, I'd never, I wouldn't, didn't even know who he was. And he reached out to me, having heard me on Low Carb MD podcast and said I live around the corner to you um, and I'm thinking of doing some coaching and can you help me and can you give me some pointers and things like that and then he came up to me we went to um, an event um, the keto fitness club event we're up in the Midlands somewhere and he was there and he came up and he said hi I'm Geraint and and we built we've built a friendship based on not only low carbon keto but other interests that we have and we message each other every day so when he sent me a message to say you won't believe what's happened I had a heart attack in the night I was just so 
taken aback that um yeah it really really hurt me and touched me that he he'd gone through that and and then he was willing you know I saw him after when he came out of hospital and I said would you be willing to come on the podcast and talk about it and he said yes and I was just felt so honored really that he Mm. did and he Mm. shared his story with the listeners and and yeah so it was a very personal thing Mm. and if you think you know 18 months ago I didn't know who he was and now he's quite a big part in my life Mm. so thank you I think as a health professional it's really been quite privileging to hear the stories of how they have reimagined and reframed their practice and we've had a number I was writing writing a list of the um, health professionals that we've had on the list and while there's no one that sort of really stands out and I was going to write them all down but the list is very long Um, obviously um, you mentioned Asim Mahotra we've had David Unwin there's about a third of the guests are um, doctors nurses or healthcare professionals like Graham who's a pharmacist correct so allied health professionals so we're very honored to have that and they are an important part of helping educate empower um, the individual to make obviously different choices and some of these choices are perhaps counter to traditional ways or models of care but increasingly, we have heard from the health professionals how they have reimagined, redefined through not only their own lived experience. I think that that's really transformative as well, where we hear the stories such as David Unwin, who, you know, used, you know, his patient. You remember the patient that came to him and said, you told me, you know, this and it needed to be this. And he had to really challenge, I suppose, his education and his own professional practice. And for many of the health professionals, it was really quite transformative when they've had their own lived experience. So um, we had very early on Peter Bruckner, an Australian um, sports uh, sports physician. Um, We have had uh, Lucy Burns, another Australian, so GP. We've had a number of GPs which have been absolutely awesome because they are that primary care. They're the coalface. Locally, um, it was David Oliver and Kim Andrews. Um, Ian Lake, who has his own lived experience with type 1 diabetes. Chris Barclay. Um, uh, from America, Dr. Tro and Dr. Brian, um, and obviously uh, Robert Cyrus, who made me cry. Thank you, um, Dr. Cyrus, for, for doing that. Um, so Do- I'm Dr. Helena Popovic made me, me cry. cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's also the the moving forward. I think it's really good. So Ruth Tapsnell, so who was obviously heard Dr. Armwen. So you know, we can see that that message is getting out. And including that in their um, own practice and really making a difference to their patients and to, I think, the healthcare system. Because we've seen a lot of perhaps guidelines change. You know, remember that Dr. Unwin had his nice guidelines with the sugar. So that's part of the education and um, getting other healthcare professionals to think differently about the role of the restriction of um, therapeutic um, restriction of carbohydrates in the, I suppose, in obesity and, and diabetes. Yeah. And I've noticed a difference. So from when we went to the PHC conference in 2019 to this year's 2023, there was a lots and lots of doctors. So I think 
you know, the word is getting out and definitely not enough. And I don't, I'm not sure that we're near the tipping point yet. But there's definitely more and more doctors. I met lots of doctors at the PHC conference this year. So your second one. So my second one, again, I think it's things that people say and they just remember. So when I, Ellen Cowtoll, so there's two things. One, she didn't want to come on. She was scared of coming on. Um, She'd never done a podcast before and it took her. So I asked her in 2022 to come on and it took her until this year to come on. But one of the things that really sticks out for me is she battles with food addiction. And one of the things that she said was I'd buy the bar of chocolate and I'd walk out the out the store and I'd throw it in the bin. And then she said then she got to the point. So she'd do that. And then she got to the point where she could pick up the bar of chocolate and walk up several aisles and leave it on another aisle. And it took her all this process until she got to the point where she didn't need. Oh, no. So she picked up the chocolate and she threw it in the bin. Then she'd take the chocolate to the cash desk and say, I don't want that. And she'd get it taken out of her basket. And then she got to the point where she could pick up the chocolate and put it on another aisle and leave it behind. And then she got to the point where she could not pick up the chocolate. And that really, really stuck with me it doesn't resonate with me because I don't have that that issue of chocolate I mean I love chocolate and I would eat chocolate but I cannot have chocolate so that it doesn't resonate with me in that sense but what it was is the whole process that she had to go through to reach a point where she could say no to chocolate and that really really stuck with me that sounds like an incredible journey of um I think it I think it does resonate with you. Can I just say? You're gone. Yeah. Um, Remember your willpower. So remember in your story, you thought it was willpower. And remember that that's really perhaps a way of looking at strengthening. You remember that perhaps what I was hearing when you sort of said it was all about the willpower and you lacked willpower. And this for um, Ellen was how I strengthened and built willpower muscle. But it, Really, it wasn't really for you. You know, you thought it was like I had to be stronger and all that kind of thing. Um, I think there's another part. It's about the moderation. I think, you know, it doesn't resonate with you because you are such a great moderator and I have to be the abstainer. And that story does resonate with me. And also, I think we go back to to Jen Unwin and around the addiction that triggers about how we actually have to... Um, go through those withdrawals and we have to build in those accountabilities to um, to to keep us safe from you know picking up the chocolate so how do I do that you know it's a training a training thing yeah so that really she really I thought that was a fabulous story and mm-hmm. glad, glad it's not one that I have to deal with I'm pleased to say maybe there's different things that you do you grapple with yeah maybe (laughs) yeah and you've done that in stages too right oh yeah you've done that in a staged a staged way peas and corn on your plate yeah that was lack of knowledge so i didn't know um yeah there you go but we we do massive amounts of peas and corn corn on the plate yeah Yeah. um for me the third 
the third one was it sort of resonates with me about my journey and listeners will you know may well be familiar with the the deep emotions that come with my journey around you know being I suppose you know vulnerability there's been anxiety depression guilt shame or everything you know everything is a melting pot of emotions for me and because I'm very much I sit in that emotion world and um, I think for Renee Jones was really good about the suitcase as a great metaphor about packing things up and you know we shake it up and we let it out and but we need to sort of somehow you know get it contained you know it's a way that we need to contain our emotions and um, yeah so thank you to Renee for um, really talking to the emotional journey and emotional management which really we know have there's chemical drivers I think you know when we're talking about sugar but you know the reason for picking up the chocolate you know we need to sort of go a little bit further in the picture of you know what are those triggers that we we do that and we have to really work on ourselves to um to know ourselves better yeah and one thing that Renee Jones says that I still use with my clients is about when you go to the fridge so she says take a pacifier a dummy and stick it on the fridge And when you go to the fridge, you ask yourself, what am I trying to soothe? So are you going to the fridge for an emotional reason to soothe something or are you really hungry? Now, I've always used that with my clients anyway about comparing um, a steak and broccoli. Would you eat a steak and broccoli? And if the answer is no, then you're not hungry. You're just emotionally hungry. But I love the... um, the visualization of having a dummy stuck on the fridge to say, what am I trying to soothe? So I still use that with my clients. And we can't configure, forget that, you know, smacking is an emotional event, right? Oh, so yes. thank you, Dr. Rob, for that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the the emotions that we need to wrap up is really important to not to understand the drivers for um, yeah, that self-soothing. Yeah. And I still I still get that sometimes where and it is chocolate that I would probably go for or biscuits. And I have to say, yeah, why? 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 What's going on that you you feel like you need chocolate or biscuits or Mm. whatever it is? And sometimes it's just after I've had more carbs than I would normally have. Mm. So I'm going to be carb heavy tonight. So tomorrow I might feel like I need a biscuit or some chocolate. But it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to have it. Um, but I w- there's a difference. There's a difference between having more carbs than usual, and then the next day still wanting more, and then the emotional aspect that just comes out of nowhere. Of yeah, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? Blindsided. But I, um, and it's really quite hard for the listeners to understand that I actually brought some Canadian. I, I received a gift, and there's some biscuits actually in Jackie's or cookies, cookies in um, Jackie's kitchen, which a, a Canadian colleague gave me, which are like maple syrup cream cookies. So um, anyway, I'm trying to get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to eat them. I don't want to take it back to Australia. The other one, the other episode that I really liked doing and uh, was Belinda Fetke. Now, that story, actually, I still hold that story in my head from when she was on Keto Woman podcast. And that's around the history of where 
the cereal industry came from and and why so why why were they promoting um grain based plant based foods and how they've influenced the teaching and the healthcare space and the food space and the messaging that we're getting and i just found that was absolutely fascinating so i really love that and how i think belinda was like a mama bear wasn't she trying to protect her husband from being unfairly i should say and uh, we feel this way because we feel it's unfair unfairly discriminated against because he was trying to help people mm. you know being a doctor and trying to help people you'd think is actually natural and normal and yet he was being punished for it mm. i think the 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 history lesson that she gave us was really again you know we're looking back to sort of how those influences have informed, as you mentioned, about health um, education. So, in terms of the teaching, the health systems, in terms of how, the, yeah, the the food systems. I think importantly in how that food um, systems have been designed into our modern into our modern day, and where they are positioned in terms of profit. So, how the profit of those systems have enabled the um, establishment to be established in the in the various education and health systems. Yeah. So, and with those corporate interests then go into regulating, as you said, about regulating how that information is used to advise patients. So in terms of how that's been informing um, health policy. Yeah. And there's massive money behind it through mm. lobbying and and what I love is that Belinda went on this journey to help her husband. Yes. So all the Seventh Day Adventist stuff and the history that she brought to the forefront mm. is now being spoken about on so many different podcasts. Podcast. Yeah, and I think we we you know thanking Belinda for her um, doggedness in uncovering and speaking up i think you know being frank and fearless about speaking up and speaking about obviously what she learned so um yeah how those corporate interests have been quite pervasive yeah yeah so that's good. that's really good so um as we said we didn't want to pick any favorite children there you're all all our favorites but the messages were ones that sort of resonated with um with us so um yeah you were mentioning about Belinda Fetke's impact. And Jackie, I think it's a really good opportunity to turn to you and sort of say, well, what is the impact of the podcast? So how many downloads and listens have we had? So um, to date, we've had just under 120,000. Yay! Yeah. That is an awesome... It feels low to me. I feel like we should be getting a further reach and i'd love to double or quadruple that i'm sure the listeners will leave us some great reviews um, we, i know you that you have that message about you know if you like the podcast then feel free to share and you know rate and review i think that's a way to spread the message but um sorry i shouldn't take ownership of that that's you know congratulations to you for getting um you know the the podcast out there and um, yeah, reaching nearly a hundred and twenty thousand 
um, listens and downloads. That's fantastic. So one of the things I've learned recently is that lots of podcasts start and they don't get past three or four episodes. So we're now on 161 have gone out. Um, a couple of those have been repeats where I've been on holiday. Oh, there was one when I wasn't well. Um, and, you know, this weekend coming out next week might be a repeat because <laughs> you're taking up all my I time. Am, all I'm my, so sorry. All my editing time. Oh, no. So maybe I won't get a chance to edit this week's podcast. So we might have a repeat. And But mostly I think there's only been maybe six repeats. Mm. So I've done 150 odd podcasts well you do deserve a holiday every now and again so <laughs> but where are we up to now i think you know we've we've looked back and we've looked at um where we've would look back we've looked now so where to the future jackie because that was one of the questions from the fabulously keto facebook group was you know what's what's on the horizon what's our what's the future for you for you for the podcast well i'd love to keep going because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy meeting all the people that I get to meet, even if it's only virtually. And I really do want to impact the world more. You know, we need the more voices we have giving out this message of you can do something about metabolic health. So my mission is to get the message out that metabolic disease can be healed and reversed or avoided you know I you know I'm at this age where who knows how long I've got left and but I just know that I want to go out living a full life and doing all the things that I can do but I want others to do that one of the things that um one of our guests said Vic he said um I'd rather be the oldest person in the gym than the youngest person in the care home and that absolutely resonates with me because I just want to do like Mark Sisson says, live long, drop dead. I want to sit in a chair one night and go close my eyes and that's it. I'm gone. Out, I'm out of here. But I want to be doing stuff until then. And so I want people to be able to do that. You know, this chronic disease, which are mostly metabolic health diseases, doesn't need to be. So... The more I can reach and get the message out there, I think would be good, which is why I want to have more listens, not because it's a number that impacts on me. It's about the message getting getting out there and having an impact on people. I think the impactfulness is a great a, a great measure of your success, you know, that you've actually been able to have through translate your own journey. So it's about translation and impact, you know, translate the impact of your own lived experience and you're paying that forward. And part of that measure of your success and defining that success is obviously to, to get the message out. But your it sounds like the hope for the future for you is to to really widen the impactfulness of your of your message. And I know that you will do great things because already you're doing that, you know, not only with the with the the podcast but you have individual coaching you know you've got your your journal so you're giving people the tools and already you were inspiring me with a um a new adventure and or you were pitching you gave me a, an elevator pitch so what was the elevator pitch that you gave me this morning 
So what I'd like to get going is a membership group and to have lots of people in that where we're we're going on a journey together of weekly calls, incorporating exercise. So I'm training as a personal trainer and sports nutritionist because I think because of the importance of weight bearing exercise and how we get older is how can I help people more with that? Because up until a few years ago, exercise did not feature at all in my life plan. Um, But now I'm seeing that it is really important. And so um, Geraint has said he would, he is a personal trainer. So he said he would come in and do some sessions on personal training and we'd incorporate meditation and mindfulness. And so it's a whole holistic way of going, a low cost way of getting some support. Mm. And not forgetting that we have the Fabulous Keto Facebook group as well. So I think, you know, community sounds very important to a way of getting that message out as well. So, you know, creating and developing nurturing tools to be shared in in community yeah. Yeah. individual as well as group group stuff as well so what a great pitch yeah. and we've got a sponsor now for the podcast so that really helps with some of the costs that go into people think oh it doesn't cost much to to, oh, to, to run a podcast run a but podcast. there's so many costs that are involved that people probably don't think about and no. you know software things subscription um, platforms and time so not only my time other people's time with the editing Mm. editing. it all costs money and for me it is a big time commitment to to do this so I felt very honoured that one that they approached me and two that they're willing to support the podcast so let's give a mention to fat f-a-double-t who do snack bars and which is great for food on the go and mm. thank you for their support but their support means that you can make this endeavor sustainable yes so i think yes. it's about the sustainability of that and as you said you know a lot of podcasts don't get past three or four but after 160 one one episodes you know here you are i think that's a real credit to your um commitment to, to, to keeping keeping that vision of getting the message out. Yeah. And even as we speak now with the people that I've got booked in, that will mm. take us through till February next year. February. So we've got a great long waiting list. Ooh, I feel very honoured to sort of jump the queue here. So, um, yeah. So what about your mission and your impact that you're going to have in a different way? Well, it's really quite timely because this last week I have been here in the UK at the Oxford Business School for a leadership, a women's transforming leadership course. So I'm right on about my purpose or intent, the capabilities that I need, the processes and the behaviours. So I've been able to pretty much refine my, with more clarity, um, my my purpose and intent and I'll, I'll speak to my professional my professional um, purpose which is really to be an advocate for the paramedic profession and the reason for being an advocate for the paramedic profession is really to to increase the visibility and the roles in the Australian healthcare system 
And that is really to get them into being that first point of contact. And while you might think of a paramedic as being there in urgent situations, and mostly, you know, people think that that's what they do. But increasingly, as you said, you know, people are living with chronic disease and um, having paramedics in non-urgent situations to improve the access to care to really address some of those health inequities around education and um, yeah, that primary care roles. And in Australia, that's a very new space. So primary care for paramedics, unlike the UK colleagues that um, primary care paramedics are in urgent care, walking centres, GPs, they are embedded in the NHS. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really see a great opportunity for Australian paramedics to be in those primary care roles. Um, and certainly the system challenges now means that um, a lot of people don't have a GP. So this is where I feel being an advocate for increasingly embedding paramedics in those primary care roles will improve access and address those health inequities. Fabulous. And you, you've got the, the position to do that now, being Chief Paramedic Officer. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, in one state. In one state, but in one state. maybe they'll have one for the whole of Australia and that will be you. Well, that we can hope um, because obviously no, uh, there's no, unlike the UK, and it was obviously the last week I was at a ambulance leadership forum. So that was where I came last week in, to, um, to Wales. And I know that throughout the various trusts, the UK NHS trust, that they do have chief chief paramedics, so trust levels. And in the UK NHS, they have a allied health professional, sort of a chief, and she, she, which is really great, she sits across the allied health professions, which includes paramedics. So that at that, you know, wider NHS England, I think, um, her role. So it's really great to sort of see how... Um, these chief roles are embedded elsewhere. I met the chief Canadian, um, so paramedic, so that was really good, widening my networks because where I know my purpose, um, I'm thinking about what I need to do to get to that purpose. And the leadership course got us to think about those capabilities, the processes and the behaviours to access and influence, to network, to leverage. To leverage what? I need to leverage on strategy, policy, reform, legislation. And how I can I do that? Then I need to lobby. I need to network. And it's just like, I'm exhausted. So I turned up here on Friday going, my brain is fried. But it's given me a lot to think about in terms of um, the scope and the enormity and the privilege and the honour for this role to be the advocate for the paramedic profession. Yeah. And I think even though we're, our journeys have split and you're focusing much more on your paramedic journey and I'm focusing on the podcast, we're still both helping people, Correct. helping people improve their health. Oh, and I, I can't I think when we when we sort of landed on that in, in our little pre pre conversation, our pre recording conversation, our our journeys may have, yes, you know, it's come together and we, we coalesced and, you know, we have um really helped each other grow and learn and 
you know, sharpen with clarity what our, our visions, our personal, professional visions are. But I think centrally, we're here to help, right? That's that's a, that, that has remained a firm commitment for the both of us. We're just helping in different ways. You know, our scales might be different, our locations are different, but our vocation, you know, wanting to help other people, it, you know, that's what brought us together, right? Yeah, yeah. I was helping you. You were helping me. Yeah, yeah. And she's helped me with pork scratchings and clotted cream. So I and chipolatas. I cannot thank you so much for that. <laughs> so before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't mentioned? Oh, I still love you. Yeah, I love you too. I've missed you because I've missed you because, too. because, and I say this because we used to speak a lot in the mm. few years mm. before. This year, mm. and you've been mm. really busy this year and really stressed mm. with work. Oh, no. And we haven't spoken much. We haven't even texted much. Oh, no, so I, I sent you a picture of kangaroos. You did send me a picture of kangaroos. <laughs> and you took me on a virtual tour around your house, yes. your new yes. house. My new house. And you showed it to me before you even bought it. Mm. But I've sort of missed that we, mm. we haven't been in contact as much this year. So it's been fabulous to spend, well... We've spent a day together now, and now we've got another day and Weekend. a half to go. Yeah. So I'm really Am pleased that you came to see me. Can I check the tires before we go? <laughs> of the I'm not taking I'm not you taking to the airport. To the airport. <laughs> <laughs> so Louise booked a ticket and said, <laughs> "I don't want to do that, Jess." <laughs> a train ticket. Yeah. yeah. But I think um, maybe, you know, that's a really timely note that it's about affirming and reaffirming our commitment, you know, to our friendship um, and to connection. And I think that, you know, we're connecting now with the listeners, but I think, you know, connecting to ourselves and connecting to, to each other. So I think, you know, you know, re reaffirming our, you know, our affections and our friendship and our value. And, yeah, I think it's all good stuff. Excellent. So... No top tips. <laughs> oh, no, that was, there's my top tip. My three top tips is, you know, is connection. It is saying it, saying it out loud, I think, you know, by connecting and saying it out loud, affirming, renewing and, um, yeah, I think that's um, a, a good to be mindful of what's important to us. Yeah. And one of the top tips that I've always used when I've, you know, if I've been on a podcast is, it's coming back to the why. Correct. Correct. Why? So if we've been talking about why we started the podcast, why we can, why I will continue the podcast. But it's also if you're on a journey to, to health, hmm. what is your why? And this is something I do with my clients all the time is why do you want to do this? Because it's not about weight. Mm. Weight is just a symptom. And as I say to people, you could cut off your arm, you'd lose weight. If you want to lose more weight, cut off your leg. But that doesn't give you a quality of life. It's not about the weight. It's about what do you want to be doing? So people should be sitting down and really drilling down into their why. And I think it also gets to that measure of success, the why and how you define success. And certainly this last week, looking at my professional journey and how I may have looked at success relatively and to create the opportunity to redefine what success I have moving forward. I think that that gets to your purpose and intent and how we define success. Mm. So what would my other top tips be? So I think one of them is to 
continue to learn and continue to grow, grow. and continue to test and mm. try different things because what you do today may be different in, in six months time you know if you tried something and it didn't work then try it again i think test and change is a really great um a, a great way of i'm going to try this but be very clear again about what the measures are that you're seeking to do that so you start with your why what are the measures have predefined you know pre and post sort of thing so be very clear on what is the intent and changing the variables and being mindful of trying to change one thing at a time. Yeah, which yeah. is where I fall down oh, all always, the time. All the time. I was just saying to you about some supplements. That I've, yes. And I was going to go back and put in one supplement at a time and I just put in a whole load. So I've had to take them all out again because mm. I forgot that what I was doing. But I think the measure of success, it was actually being quite, adverse you're having some adverse outcomes and you can't pinpoint what the actual source of that particular was it the combination or is it one or two yeah. so test and change yeah. and i need another another top tip don't i so my top tip number three is definitely around support and i think whenever you're embarking on this journey and i did it by myself and I didn't have the support around me. I didn't have as much support as I probably should have had. Um, but what I did have was the support in terms of Julian. Whilst he does what he does and the boys do what they do, what he did do was whenever I asked for a certain food to be eliminated or brought in, he would do that for me but I think people really need to look around them and are they getting the support from their family and if not come to a different place and maybe you know maybe that's the fabulously keto Facebook group maybe it's a different Facebook group maybe it's joining a community like the community that I'm going to create with the fabulously keto community so and maybe support is you know getting a coach whether it's me or someone else but you definitely need support, I think. Mm. I, yeah, I think community is a really important part and we connect, obviously, in different ways, whether, as you mentioned, virtually, face-to-face. There is obviously um, different portals for, for that um, learning, but the learning is part of developing. The learning is to develop these, obviously, new ways, new, you know, the education that you take forward to change your behaviour because really what we're thinking about is how we change habits and behaviours but I think it's also about knowing yourself as well you need to you don't know what you don't know but it's not about the knowing about the foods or the ways or the exercise but knowing yourself as well and to to know yourself in how you interact with your environment and you need that extra support that wraparound support as you move through the various stages in a behaviour change yeah and I think you know, you just mentioned environment. And I think when you're trying to make a change that goes against the environment, you know, you walk into a shop and you're surrounded by all the foods that we need to be avoiding, partly because they're ultra processed and they're addictive, partly because they're not real food, whatever it is, we are so indoctrinated and people are so caught up in in our old way of living, really 
sometimes you need that support and the help to navigate until you can sort of take your training wheels off off and Mm. run by yourself absolutely yeah and to pull those levers you know to pull the levers like you know for fasting exercise carnivore um yeah whatever whatever the levers are yeah Yeah. Mm. did you notice i said take your wheel training wheels off and run and that's that's, that's, that's and that that was obviously megan megan ramos you know in terms of the um she was saying about the training wheels for fasting so yeah yeah building the muscle building the fasting muscle anyway speaking of which let's go and eat let's go and eat chipolatas Well, thank you, Jackie. It's been an honour and a privilege. I'm here at the the beating heart of Fabulous Aikido. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm just going to mention that a few weeks ago I said, are you going to come back on the podcast? And you said, no. (laughs) So I've got you back on the podcast. (laughs) Even though you said, (laughs) no. That was (laughs) (laughs) co-hosting. So maybe not as a co-host, but I'm very happy to come back as a guest and check in. Yeah. Absolutely. Check in and check up. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jackie. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.